0: The Just the essentials. I only brought the essentials. I never leave home without all the essentials. You're listening to Pop Culture Essentials, your guide to the latest movies. I love this movie. Oh, I love this movie. Games, TV, Tini, Tini, Tini. and you know what else else? Streaming. Christy, wake up! In Pop Culture News. Pop culture and current events. So sit back, relax, and let your host Alistair, Nick and Pete, take you through this week's Pop Culture Essentials.
1: Welcome back to Pop Culture Essentials. I am Alistair. Here with me on this very early morning is Nick.
0: Hello, Alistair. How are you on this early morning? Is it is it raining where you are? No, yeah, if the sun more. is
1: out, it's like we should be in opposite states, because it's like Queensland weather here today.
0: And it is very much so Melbourne weather here today. Uh, It is (laughs) overcast, it is pouring down rain, and I wore a jumper when I woke up this morning. Wow. It's very different. It's opposite day.
1: It is. Speaking of opposite, we still don't have Pete.
0: I know. How sad. I believe he's on a plane right now. He's pretty much on on the plane home right now as we're speaking after a crazy couple of weeks.
1: Sitting back in his chair thinking, damn, I miss Alistair and Nick.
0: I can't wait to get back on the Pop Culture Essentials podcast. That's exactly his I'm never going to do TIFF again. I'm never (laughs) going to miss out on this podcast for TIFF again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look,
1: Pete, we'll be back next week, and we are very excited to have him back.
0: Absolutely.
1: Let's kick in with some movie news. Now, look, there's not much out, I'm going to be honest. Um, (laughs) I thought we'd continue with our Gran Turismo movie news. Uh, So there's been a few more additions to the cast this week. Orlando Bloom has joined. Okay. Uh, And Never Have I Ever Star Darren Barnett um, has also joined the cast, who I love. I don't know if you've seen the show, but he's basically the male pin-up boy of the show. Right, Um, okay. So there's not really much news about Orlando Bloom. Um, However, Darren um, Barnett, sorry, will be the lead. Um, okay. Who will play the role of the racer who's ranked at the top of the GT Academy?
0: <sighs> so That's David David Harbour's son, right? Based on what we were talking about. Last yeah,
1: week. yeah, right. Yeah, we do have a director.
0: Ooh, Can you? Okay. Yes.
1: Who the actually? I'm not going to play the guessing game. That's too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be super. here for too long. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, this is a name that I haven't heard for a while. Neil okay. Blomkamp. Oh. Like, really? Okay, what? District 9 and Now I'm Elysium. interested.
0: Now okay. I'm in.
1: Now I'm, I'm in.
0: Like, as long as... And nothing against Blomkamp, because I love District 9 and I liked Elysium. But as long as he's like a little bit away from the script, I think it'll be okay, because he's a visually amazing director. <laughs> but his last few movies have not been good. I don't know if you saw Demonic. I in did not. Yeah. No. And then obviously Chappy has its... Yes. Problems. So yeah, look, visually amazing director, definitely someone who I can see working with a film that is like this, like a racing simulator. So interesting. I'm excited to see what Mm. he he brings up. So
1: production starts this week in Europe and it's set to release August 11, 2023.
0: That's crazy. Well, we just spoke about it last week. (laughs) Like, Oh, also we start filming next week in Europe
1: and it's going to come out in August, which great. Okay, cool. Perfect. Uh, Disney have released a official trailer for Strange World, which is coming out in theaters November 23, which is pretty close. Oh, yeah. Uh, So it's an original animated adventure comedy about three generations of the clade family who overcome their differences while exploring a strange, wondrous and oftentimes hostile world. Did you watch the trailer yet?
0: I haven't seen it yet because it. I know it came out at like midnight our time. Did um, yes. and but the screenshots that I've seen, it give it's like a real Encanto vibe, like in the same animation style, right? There's it looks
1: that. yeah, very much the same. Okay. Um,
0: I did see the first trailer they released and I'm I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. And I'm, I mean, as if you're not going to give Disney the, a chance. So. Exactly.
1: Um, the direction is interesting. So it's been okay. directed by Don Hall, who did Big Hero 6.
0: Oh, I love Big Hero and,
1: 6. And um, Kwai Nagoyan, who also directed raya and the last dragon
0: oh i love raya and the last dragon and then
1: produced by roy conley who produced tangled so those are three movies that i love there
0: we go (laughs) three disney winners too yeah so So this could
1: be a winner and it's got a pretty good cast jake gyllenhaal dennis quaid gabrielle union lucy lou wow that's a pretty good cast. A
0: stacked cast.
1: I'm, ex- I'm so, excited um, for it. I'm a little bit more hyped than I previously was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I, I think I join you in that sentiment.
1: Uh, and that is it for movie news. Nick, there's nothing happening in music apparently. Look, apart well, from apart Adam Levine
0: from sliding into DMs. Adam that's Levine. Much, and look, that's the-
1: if he's listening, my DMs are open. Just saying. <laughs>
0: Have so. <laughs> a and big pr- I'm pretty sure, sure Pete's are too. I'm pretty certain they are. Um, there's a big trend at the moment of everyone, oh, of not everyone, but people on TikTok who have been like faking DMs from Oh Adam my Levine God, another. I've watched so this many. Trend. They're so Holy good. shit, it is so funny. <laughs> so, but that's neither here nor there. Not much happening in music this week. However, yeah. in gaming, there was some massive news announced overnight and oh. I'm so glad we saw this before we started recording the show because... I haven't played FIFA since probably FIFA 19, or maybe even FIFA 20, right? It's been a long time. <laughs> yes. I am 100% buying FIFA 23. EA have got my money based on the fact that for the first time ever, a fictional team is playable. And that fictional team is AFC Richmond with coach Ted Lasso. I cannot believe this is a real thing. I know. And I'm so <laughs> goddamn excited. They um <laughs> they teased it with a tweet uh, from uh the, uh the Ted Lasso, Twitter account earlier this week saying look out Mario you're not the only pixelated man with a moustache who never knows where the tube is taking him which is firstly hilarious but then people kind of guessed oh, okay so Ted Lasso is going to be in a video game and then obviously confirms now that he is a uh, AFC Richmond is a playable team. You can play as Roy Kent, Sam Obasenia, and Jamie Tart, as well as the whole team with the moustached American coach on the sideline cheering them on. So this is pretty damn exciting. FIFA, FIFA 23 is coming out in just over a week, September 30th, so not too long to get to play as everyone's favourite soccer team with everyone's favourite coach.
1: Definitely building the hype train with that announcement.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Like, I I wasn't excited for FIFA 23, but it was the first one in a while where I'm like, oh, I haven't played this in a while. Maybe I should give it a go. And this is just sort of... This has dotted the I for me. I'm re- I'm probably going to pre-order it today. <laughs> if there's nice. a special edition where I get even more Ted Lasso stuff, shit, man. <laughs> FIFA's just another 30 bucks out of me. The Lasso edition. The Lasso edition, would, right? Where would you- buy. What imagine if a physical copy came with a moustache you can wear.
1: Oh, amazing.
0: Well, it'd be great because I can't grow my own. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I would be very happy. Uh,
1: Looking at streaming now, uh, again, not really much going on. Mm. Uh, Probably the biggest thing is that there is a new HBO show Greenlit this week. Uh, it's based, it's going to be a TV series based on David Cronenberg's film Scanners.
0: Oh yeah, I did see this.
1: Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So it's going to be set in the world of the film. Um, a very brief synopsis, um, just simply says pursued by relentless agents with unimaginable powers. Two women living on the fringes of modern society must learn to work together to topple a vast conspiracy determined to bring them to heel. Uh, now, William Bridges is writing this, who wrote Black Mirror. Okay. And All right. one of the writers on Stranger Things. <laughs> oh. So, uh, hello. Okay. Uh, and uh, executive producer and showrunner is also uh, William Bridges. Uh, and then Jan DeMange will direct and executive produce. Uh, and he did Lovecraft Country.
0: Ah, yeah. Show gone too soon. Too, if Very much me. so. Very much so. And as far as I'm aware, Cronenberg is a producer on this as well.
1: He is, yes.
0: Okay. Interesting. I only saw Scanners for the first time a few years ago and I understood immediately like the cult impact it had on sci-fi horror oh, so totally and i'm one of like the 10 people in the world who really liked crimes of the future uh, yeah. cronenberg's movie that came out this year i know it's weird and it's it's not as good as other work but i really liked it so i'm interested to see what they do with the scanners series
1: definitely interested and anything hbo oh that's that. yeah i
0: mean
1: <laughs> <laughs> um and look another big surprising piece of news uh We've been talking quite a lot about Warner Brothers and particularly DC and what's happening in the world. Um, so, Stargirl is one of the shows that didn't get cancelled on the CW. Uh, and now it seems that there is a Girl and Titans crossover.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: so, I love this name, by the way. Breck Bassinger, um, the lead actress in Stargirl, tweeted out a photo... Um, with the Stargirl creator and a few of the stars of Titans and the director of Titans um, saying the meeting was a coincidence, but they're all in costume. Um,
0: (laughs) Right. I I feel like anything on a superhero level, whether it's movie or TV show, rarely is a coincidence these days. You're not just running into each other on the Warner Brothers lot.
1: (laughs) No. um, So the rumor is that Uh, Something big is happening because there's also been photos and leaks of the cast of uh, Doom Patrol from HBO Max. So Brendan Fraser has been caught on set um, carrying his robotic head. Um, So, look, that'll be interesting if there's a Titan, Girl, and Doom Patrol crossover because they're, they're the only shows left. (laughs) <laughs> the, the last
0: remaining show <laughs>
1: But yeah so that is Streaming news Now I, It's early in the morning So I don't know how well This game's gonna go Just Look, gonna be honest My first coffee's you know still kicking in <laughs> So I hope it's, you're being kind
0: I'm being as kind as I can be But let's not lie to ourselves This game doesn't work At any time of the day Truth. Um, And that game is Everyone's Least favourite game Of the shit Of the show Out of two movie tag the game where i give alistair and if pete was here pete five chances to guess a movie and as a as with every week there's a central theme i'm not going to give the theme away though early on because i think it'll be a little too obvious for the movie i've selected and the f- movies that will follow so i will reveal what the theme is once alistair has guessed the movie but right. movie tag i'm going to give alistair the tagline of the film if can't guess it from that, I will give him some trivia. If he doesn't guess from that, give a supporting actor, the year the movie was made, then the director, and then hopefully by then we've figured out what the movie is. So, the tagline for this film is, this time it's war. Oh, that... No! <laughs> Are you serious? And he's probably got it, haven't you? What is it then? Th- Go on.
1: That is the most... That, oh that's so fucking clever.
0: generic <laughs> uh, this um, time it's war any guesses that, would you that, like some trivia?
1: That could be anything. Yeah. So it could be the war on grandpa. Remember that stupid <laughs> movie with Robert de Niro?
0: could you imagine <laughs> if I've selected okay I, I don't know for two seconds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know why that's where my head went.
0: Every every week I have, like, a theme, right like, based on a movie that's coming out, and I would love to know what the connective tissue right now is with whatever's coming out this week with The War of Grandpa. Is it, like, Jeepers Creepers Reborn? Is it? <laughs> um, unfortunately, it is not The War with Grandpa. I'll give you some trivia.
1: Oh for this uh, movie oh, 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 oh. oh okay.
0: do you want to guess or do you want the trivia I think I do alright All so right. if
1: we're talking about movies that are coming out this week okay Avatar 3D is coming out this week directed by James Cameron it is and Aliens was also directed by James Cameron and I yeah. believe that one of the taglines is this time it's war please can't tell me I not believe
0: why. well Alice Alice do you correct it's Aliens yes. I can't believe... I shouldn't have said anything about the connective tissue.
1: If you didn't, I probably never would have got it. Never
0: would have thought. <laughs> never would have thought. The movie, I can't, I shot myself in the foot in my own game. And this is why it's everyone's second favorite game. Um, so, yeah. This week's movie, Aliens, with uh, Avatar 3D being re-released in cinemas. And James Cameron being the director. The trivia... Aliens was in the standard and special edition versions of the film. The 15 minute countdown at the end of the movie is actually 15 minutes of runtime, so it's a dead on ringer for what is happening in the film. Which, by the way, is some of the greatest movie ending of all time when releasing that exoskeleton. It's fucking incredible. Uh, Supporting actor Bill Paxton. Aliens was made in 1986 and was directed by Jimbo Cameron himself, who has Avatar releasing in cinemas, not to be confused with the Avatar sequel, uh, which is out in December. Thanks for movie tag. Um. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs>
1: uh, let's move into our discussion now. Everyone on the internet has been talking about Andor since it came out last night. Yes. But we're not going to talk about that. We are not. Sorry. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. The, yeah, pretty much. Uh, there's another show that came out. Last night, also mm. on Disney Plus, uh, that I've been looking forward to for quite a while. Uh, it is called Reboot. It is a comedy created by Stephen Levitan, who now has cemented himself as one of my favorite writer-directors. Uh, he created Modern Family. Mm. He wrote on Fraser. He did oh, Just Shoot oh Me.
0: I love that show, too.
1: Which I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> and he also wrote on Arrested Development um, and a and few few other shows uh, that came and went pretty quick. I don't know if you remember Back to You.
0: <laughs> I don't remember Back to You, no. <laughs> oh,
1: it only lasted one season. <laughs> and look, it right. wasn't terrible. Anyway. Oh, okay. uh, so this show is literally taking a very hilarious meta look at the current reboot culture happening everywhere uh, oh, yeah. it's about a dysfunctional cast of an early 2000s sitcom called step right up uh, <laughs> and basically they must confront all these unresolved issues navigate social media cancel culture uh, and basically when a young writer pitches a complete reboot of their show the cast. Now I know this is where you're going to get excited. Keegle Michael oh, Key. Sorry, yes. Keegan Michael Key uh, is the lead here. He's also a producer of the show. Uh, Johnny Knoxville. I know your oh, favorite. Yes, my favorite. Rachel Bloom, who I haven't seen in a while,
0: who is hilarious in the show.
1: Uh, Judy Greer,
0: who is also fucking hilarious in this and show, and
1: surprisingly Paul Reiser.
0: I always have Which time for Paul Reiser.
1: I didn't expect. Um, no,
0: when he popped up, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, He's back like, in the TV world, you're alive. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> love you, Paul. Shout out <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> I'm glad you're alive.
1: <laughs> Thankfully, uh, so the first three episodes are out on Disney Plus. I'm just going to come right out of the gate. This is my jam. This is a hundred percent. My kind of show. I think 10 minutes in, um, my partner looks at me and said, this is your new favourite show, isn't it? I'm like, shut up, yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Apart from the cast. It's valid. It's literally Modern Family with an MA rating.
0: Oh, yeah, and they... They go hard for that MA rating they early. Sure, early in the and because like you know when you put it on Disney Plus and it comes up like oh this is the episode you're watching and then afterwards it's like rated when it said rated MA and it was like coarse language and sexual references I was like okay I think I'm going to enjoy this not that you need swearing and sex to be a good show but it helps it, it does. helps with comedy because it definitely <laughs> I, helps with contrary this to show. any beliefs... The swearing is fucking hilarious um yeah. but I'm right with you I this was a show that I was definitely keen to watch like I knew of its existence and I knew it was coming out on Hulu I didn't know it was coming out on Disney Plus here though I thought we would have to wait like some other Hulu shows that we we have delayed here in Australia so when you messaged me it was like hey watch this we're gonna talk about it on the podcast I was I was like okay 100% once I'm done at the Italian Film Festival, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go home and and I watched. I was only going to watch the first episode because it was. I probably. I think I started them at like ten o'clock at night. Uh, and when that next episode pops up, I was like, okay, all right, I'll watch. And I ended up watching all three. And I'm with you. I loved it. I thought the meta humor works really well. So it good. is deeply meta. Like this is a mo- This is a show made at Hulu, made by Hulu. Like, that to me I thought was great. It is poking fun of at Hulu. It's poking fun at Fox. It's poking fun at Disney Acquiring Fox. It's poking fun of Disney, which is like, you do you bite the hand that feeds you up? But yeah. this one does not give a shit. Uh, and they, and go the they go deep.
1: They oh, go deep with that. Um, there's- deep,
0: deep <laughs> in the third episode. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's one scene in the third episode where they're talking about... Um,
0: HR being involved yeah. with a certain thing that's happened. <laughs> yeah. Which again- Insane. Which, which is crazy because when that initially popped up, my immediate thought was like, <laughs> oh, how are they gonna uh, handle handle this pun. in a like good a- Good pun. A, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, how are they gonna handle this in a like, mm. not to be like, this was be like, it's 2022, but it's so great at how it's like, oh no, this is a valid thing that needs to be looked at in the film industry. But also, this is how ridiculous people can be with such a quick reaction. It's almost like what we were talking about with bodies, bodies, bodies last week. It's the the shoot first, ask questions later mm. sort of thing. But they they do it really well and in a in, in a very comedic way.
1: Definitely, um, I think the like I've never seen Disney go this hard. Like no poking, no, not at all. Like poking holes in you know what they stand for and what they are. Um, well, that's
0: it. Yeah, it, it's great.
1: <laughs> and the ex- I think it was episode one when the show um, the show producer was talking about how they got their job. Um, oh my
0: god! Yes. On episode two, started. yeah, Sorry,
1: how she got her job as the head at of Hulu. head of comedy at, a- <laughs> at Hulu. <laughs> it's it's and,
0: great because she's she's talking to oh, Judy Greer so and um, Keegan Michael Key at that point, I believe, or it might have yeah. been Johnny Knoxville. No, know. no,
1: it was those two. That's, yeah,
0: it was those two, and and. She, They try and make a joke and she doesn't laugh. And they're like, oh, that's that's a joke. This show's a comedy. And she's like, "Ah, oh, I'm still trying to just... It's my first day on the job. I'm still figuring out, like, what's funny and what's not. And they're like, what's your role? She's like, vice president of comedy. <laughs> and it's just so... It's so quick. Like you said, oh. it's definitely got that Stephen Leviton modern family humor. It's a lot of, like, great uh, dialogue-driven jokes. There's still, like, yeah. occasional slapstick... Oh, not slapstick, but like physical comedy, and there's some great physical comedy, there especially is. with Johnny Knoxville's character and a certain <laughs> character that he may have relations with at some point. Oh, you thinking of the scene he where the he goes into her caravan? Oh my god! That... <laughs> I, uh... And I love that actress too. She's in Reno Di- 911, it. and Carrie Kenny is fucking hilarious. But you know, it, like, there's some great jo- like visual humor like that. But this is one of those ones where like almost every line of dialogue is a like is perfect like it's a great yeah. well thought out joke mm. and it's it's not afraid to make light of situations when one of my two of my favorite lines that I wrote down they're both in episode three Johnny Knoxville's character runs into an old actor friend who's getting like all these bit roles on the lot uh the very desperate actor
1: oh my god yes and he goes
0: oh yeah, I'm about to go just shoot a guest role on Chicago Hope Miami. Like the fact that TV shows have gotten so crazy that it's Chicago Hope about a hospital in Chicago, but it's a Miami division in a completely different state of America. Like the, it's just such a simple line. It's a simple joke that is just poking fun at the fact is we don't need 17 Chicago Hope shows, but we have them. But we have because them. Because you keep
1: watching them
0: exactly and then the <laughs> second joke that i lost it and it's definitely a part of the commentary on it's in the writers room of mm. episode 3 oh my and God. you have you have rachel bloom's character who has hired 3 writers there's a there's a diversity angle among them. there's one black lady there's one I'm, I'm guessing you would say biracial and then one gay character and paul riser is the old creator of the uh step right up Is a step right up
1: yeah step right up yeah that's right yes.
0: step right up uh and he brings like his old writer friends who are making like sexist and misogynist jokes and When Paul Reiser goes to the gay writer, he's like, all right, Carrot Top, I mean, or Carrot Bottom, I don't want to assume. I fucking lost my shit because it's such a good line Yeah, that is, I mean, and look, you can can tell me if I'm completely wrong. I don't think it it ever came across as offensive. Definitely not. Because of how- It's hilarious. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those ones where it's just not afraid to poke fun at everyone without Mm. being demeaning to anyone. And that's totally. the sort of, like, line that this whole show, like, treads on in a fucking hilarious way.
1: And I think that line particularly is very yep. reflective of modern family. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that is what closely reminded me of, like, a modern family humour. So, I love that yep. it's still, like, it's still fiercely injected yep. into this show. Um, Absolutely. And just even, like, the Rachel Bloom, Paul Reiser, um conflict and that whole thing is so good to watch. Um, It's really good. Because it's really funny. And then it just pulls you into like this, there's this moment, I think in the third episode, um, where it's like really, really, really funny. And then it just pulls you into this like really emotional moment for like probably 10 seconds, if that. Yep. And it just yeah. completely flips it on its head, and it's able to do that, and then throws you right back into the humor.
0: Is this the scene at the car? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Fantas- <laughs> yeah. But exactly, like it, oh. it's good because there's so many little things that build up to that, and, yeah. and the way, like, without spoiling it, like how their relationship dynamic works, mm. uh, does lead to some incredibly touching moments, and then their conflict, especially. But yeah, like you said, but at the end of that third episode, I was completely drawn into the drama as well while everyone else is sort of having and even even the scene in which the HR have to get involved (laughs) there is there is it's all jokes it's all jokes and then there's that slight little bit where you go oh I actually feel really bad in this case for Judy Greer's character and sort of what she hasn't been able to emotionally emotionally let go of but then the perfect cliffhanger ending on episode three as well right it's so hard (laughs) to talk about without spoiling it but like they're 30 minute episodes like there's three of them out Mm. go and watch this the other thing i want to quickly bring up is obviously i've been inundated with this man on my television screen for so long (laughs) and i've rarely seen him in an acting role johnny knoxville I mean, I can bring up Men in Black 2 and Dukes of Hazard, and I'm not going to nominate him for any Oscars for those roles. But this is like, this was almost surprising for me. I was ready to just be like, oh, this is just whimsical, you know, high-spirited, funny Johnny Knoxville. But his character has some demons. He hasn't had a cr- crazy, dramatic moment yet. But I'm like, oh, I can see this sort of leading somewhere. And he's convincing me of uh, uh, that he kind of understands who Clay Barber is. And... And I'm excited to see what he does. But it's for, you know, first three episodes, Knoxville's impressed me.
1: Definitely. And I think that's what my partner said as well is that, like, this is the first time that he's actually liked Johnny Knoxville. Don't kill him. Right. No, um, hey, no, I, I get it. I get and it. And <laughs> he said he's actually a really good actor. He's great in this, which he is. He is. Like, yeah. And um, I hate saying that, sounding surprised, but he actually is really, really good. Um, well, yeah, and we know his... he's funny
0: as Johnny Knoxville, but he's yeah. funny as someone else. Yeah. His
1: interaction with um, Callum Worthy, who plays Zach Jackson, oh my God. is yeah, so good. Jackson. It's so
0: good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> their, their dynamic is great. Oh um, and then obviously then Johnny Knoxville and with what happens in his three episode arc so far is is kind of great but he because he Phenomenal. is ultimately like it's weird to say he's the comedic relief but he kind of is like yeah. he is the go-to in a scene for the one-liner for the reaction the like the dry sarcastic reaction he's like the gym of you know, you know of reboot ultimately Yeah, um, but he does it incredibly well and uh, I, I'm excited to see where he goes um, definitely I mean while we're talking about him too Callum Worthy as Zach Jackson has to be the funniest most annoying person on screen, because this like Callum Worthy knocks this out of the fucking park. Oh, because this could be a make or break character for mm. the show. This could be the one where you walk away. And it was like I really like reboot, except for this one. Except character. for him, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like the same way everyone hated Joffrey in yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, but like it was like, but fuck, he's good at what he does. So, mm. and that's exactly what Callum does with with Zach jackson he's like i love when he comes back obviously the reboot's what like 16 17 years later Mm. and he comes back and no one knows who he is because he was literally a child when they filmed the show and he has to keep telling everyone he's like i'm max everyone's like oh max he's like hey i was a cute kid right (laughs) and that whole bit in the first episode where he's trying to get people to tell him he was a cute kid is so uncomfortably funny (laughs) and then his reaction to what happens to him later in the show as well, and mm. in regards to, I guess, the scarf lady is what we'll say. I just could not believe. It. I I was in stitches. I was genuinely in stitches. Yeah. I think
1: I and I love the guest cast that we've seen so far.
0: Yes, absolutely. Is yeah,
1: so so good. It's uh, probably the main one that I'm thinking of uh, is. The scene where they go in with some HR documents. Oh, this yeah. is so hard to say without spoiling.
0: It's so hard, yeah, no. Oh, God.
1: Um, <laughs> eh, actually, how do I word this without spoiling <laughs> it? I... There's an intimate scene in the show. So the actor is Bob Clendenen, uh, who played um, Tom in Cougar Town famously, a very similar right. awkward character. Yep. yep. Um, and walks in and you know this stage mom offers you know offers him grapes and a go-gurt and just like just like his reaction to oh, oh can man. i have both like it's just yeah <laughs> he, he like oh, that God, whole like
0: fucking hilarious you know and well, it's, it's the same guy who's the chicago miami
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh fred fred melamed plays one of the writers uh, Alan, one of the old writers. Yeah. Alan. Um, and Rose Abdu played Selma, another one of the older writers. Oh, she's um, fucking
0: hilarious. They are
1: so funny, like, <laughs> so incredibly funny. Um, And I would be <laughs> remiss if I didn't mention Eliza Coop as Nora. Um, yeah. Who is just such a phenomenal actress and very, very funny. Uh, and we've only seen a little bit of her. So apparently she's so far in three of the eight episodes of season one. Okay. Um, so I'm sure we'll be seeing more of her as the show goes
0: on. Absolutely. Final and I guess, thoughts. I guess I've got to point out as well, Judy oh, Greer. Yes, of course. Funny, is so goddamn yeah. funny in this. And we knew she was funny because she's great in Arrested Development. Man. And I would argue like this is so, sort of her character in Arrested Development, but a bit more of like the Hollywood princess style of it and perhaps, you know, princess in an almost literal term with where her character has come from Um, (laughs) and what her character goes through once the original show is cancelled. The the scene that caught me off guard so much, and this is when I knew I was like, oh, this isn't going to be like your average sitcom, Mm. is when Keegan-Michael Key goes to her trailer for the first time and she's stuck taking the shirt off. Yeah. And I just sat there and I was like, this, like, it was a very funny scene, but I was like, oh no, this is like a show that is not going to be afraid to do anything, which is obviously kind of different to what we know from, I know we can keep calling it a Hulu show, but no, Disney is at, at the top of it. So it's kind of one of those things where I was like, okay, Disney aren't going to pull many punches here, or they're not afraid to show anything, which is different for, firstly, different for Disney and Hulu, but also kind of like, uh, okay. If this show can have the freedom to do what it needs to do and get the joke in whatever way it needs to get the joke, then I think I'm going to be pretty on board with it.
1: She's like, her career is, first of all, phenomenal. Oh, God, yeah. Just the um, sheer amount of work that that Judy Greer has done.
0: Judy Greer is never not working.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Like, even if you look (laughs) at her, like what she's doing this year, the like, it's insane. Institute. Um but and she's also been in all of um Leviton's shows. So she was in Just Shoot Me, she was in Modern Family, right. she was in Arrested ah. Development. So she's yeah. obviously got some kind of, you know, good relationship there.
0: And she's good in them. That, like that's the other yeah. thing. like she's really good in them.
1: So she's got just so you know, she's got 2 4 6 7 8 9 10 11 <laughs> 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 projects in 2022. Unbelievable Insane Unbelievable like, who works that hard Come on man I know I
0: hate Good for her <laughs> But look good this is her.
1: This really feels like this is oh, And I hate saying this But it's true This really feels <laughs> like This is her show Yes As much I, as yeah. it is Keegan-Michael Key's, It really feels like This is her show
0: I think they're going to be sort of those, like, co-leads because, like, the yeah. first... I think what happens in episode three kind of points to the fact that this is going to be a bit more her show yeah. as well. Yeah. But to get, like, the ball rolling, it's very much about Keegan-Michael Key's character being like... Yeah. Uh, he's like, I want to be an established, <sighs> respected actor and and coming back to a sitcom isn't the right decision, <laughs> but this sitcom's different and it's like... And, and, and so it's interesting how he... I love the scene where... Paul Reiser's character sort of like manipulates him into keeping an actress, a guest actress who's not necessarily good at acting. Um, that scene was great because it was just like, it was like you said, dangling the keys. Uh, so I look, without even saying much more, Reboot's fucking hilarious. It yeah. is really, really funny. Uh, it's a great satire. Well, it's not even satire, it's just very meta. Uh, but without being annoying and i think it'll surprise a lot of people uh, definitely. with just how entertaining and and how how much depth is actually in the characters and in the story and it's not a one way you kind of sit there and go oh there's so much drama happening like it's just the perfect amount it's the perfect amount of everything
1: definitely well look that is reboot it is showing now on disney plus you can watch the first 3 episodes and then followed by weekly episodes on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Woohoo. Let's dive into the box office. So yes. I'm going to start off with... I am going to do America this week because I think it's interesting what happened. Okay. Um, so fortunately, America got the release of The Woman King, um, which so we still don't have a date for. Thanks, Uh Cindy.
0: October. Late October. <sighs>
1: It'll be online uh, by then anyway. I know, I know. Edit, don't say that, Alistair. <laughs> um so, <laughs> so look, surprisingly, it went straight to number one. Uh wow. it took in nineteen nice. million dollars in its opening weekend. Um, that's huge. That's like massive First of all, that's huge. Like, congratulations, Sony. Congratulations, Viola Davis, who again, yes. if we're talking about, you know, women who do an incredible amount of work. I feel like Viola Davis is also in everything um, oh God, yeah. and has a ton of projects, but this is definitely her front and center. Yep.
0: And
1: Absolutely. she deserves all the success.
0: I can't wait to see it.
1: Me too. Super excited. Um, holding strong at number two is Barbarian.
0: Oh, that is so good to hear.
1: Like I'm shocked. Took in 16 million.
0: Right. In yeah, the second yeah. week. And what? has done so well, it's actually now getting a cinema oh, release in Australia. Thank which you, Which is incredible. America. Thank, thank you. you, America, for coming out for good original horror. So uh, we in Australia can watch good original horror. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, number three is Pearl. Oh, uh, how good. So this took in 3.24 million.
0: You know, that's um, not too bad.
1: Which is pretty good for a film that no
0: one knew was coming out. <laughs> and they, I think they made it for just over like a million or a couple of million. I don't think it had a big budget at all, yeah. I remember hearing.
1: And look, people have been bleating saying it should have gone straight to streaming. Um, it's A24. They don't have a streaming service. Yeah. Um, take your seat. <laughs> and rounding out the top five <laughs> is See How They Run, uh, which took in just a little over 3 million. Okay. Uh, and bullet train took in two point five million. Yeah, got the top okay. five. I do want to do a Top Gun Maverick update. That was number six. <laughs>
0: it's out on Finally. digital. Finally, it's, it's out of the five.
1: But it's still <laughs> like it still took in two point one eight million.
0: Right? What? It's the hell. It's an absolute <laughs> juggernaut. Like, but I'm all about. Like, I am so happy. Yeah. That people are still seeing it. Like, it's Insane. just a case for why movies need to have theatrical releases.
1: Um, another interesting is number 10 is Moon Age Dream at 1.2 million in its opening weekend.
0: Look, that doesn't shock shock me. No. But I, I would highly recommend people watch it in a cinema. It's oh. it's, it's it also is at going IMAX. To be, right? Like, and I know it's opening. I actually, the director did tweet that it's opening wider this week so there is a chance that it might make some more cash um but this is one you have to watch in a cinema i think it would be very tough to watch at home
1: yeah if you want to read nick's interview with the director check it out novestreamnetwork.com plug plug, plug 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 uh at home ticket to paradise opened at number one i it, mean it brought in 3.58 million dollars in its opening holy weekend.
0: shit okay people showed up so- for this and you know what? People, People liked it too. So I couldn't I couldn't say it last week because obviously we were all under embargo. Yes. But I had seen it before we recorded mm. um, and also plug another interview, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, press conference, novastreamnetwork.com. Um, but I'd seen the movie and when I walked out, I was like, oh, that was fine, but I don't know if it's going to do well. And everyone who I know has seen it and reviewed it has gone, hey, that was fine. But, like, in a way more positive way. Like, everyone's yeah. like, oh, this is, like, kind of fun. Uh, so, that's just, I think a lot of it is the star power. George Clooney, Julia Roberts. Oh, 100%. Are great on screen together. They still mm. pull in that box office. But also, we are the only country to have it open uh, yeah. as far as I know. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, it's good to see Aussies come out for a, for a decent rom-com.
1: Uh, coming in number two is DC League of Super Pets. Interesting. Um, now, this movie brought in two point six eight million. It did have wow. preview screenings, which brings its yep. total to three point seven eight million dollars so far.
0: Wow! So it did a million in the preview screenings as well. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah,
1: so that's pretty good.
0: Right. Yeah. And with it, I mean, not to not to condone this, but mm. it has been available online <laughs> for uh, quite for a while. Those for those parents who like to sail the seas, mm. the pirates. Um, And it's school holidays, I guess, too. So, that's definitely helped to bump it up. Uh,
1: Number three, I think you're going to fall off your chair. Mm -hmm. Universal's Moon Age Daydream. Coming in hot at the Aussie box office. Yes. Number three, um, 500K.
0: Nothing to
1: sneeze at.
0: Nothing to sneeze at in the top five. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I'm assuming did reasonably well at IMAX in Melbourne as well. Yeah,
1: would have. Um, so,
0: good on your Aussies. Coming out to play for David Bowie.
1: And number four is Sony's Bullet Train, uh, 350K.
0: Hanging in there. Look, just. I mean, it's it, like we said last week. There's not loads coming out. There's not loads coming out this week no. either. So, I think it'll just hang in there for a little bit longer.
1: And a couple of other interesting little points. Top Gun Maverick is number seven, 302K. Uh, and remember the Brummister part one shiver we talked about last week? Yes. Plummeted yes, yes. to number nine. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so it really was out, a opening. Everyone
0: came out tough and yeah.
1: Yeah. And there was like, yeah,
0: pass. Everyone who wanted to see it has seen it, I guess.
1: They sure have. Um, now we're going to add in, before we go on to your streaming report, we're going to look at the video game charts, which is a thing and they're actually yes, Australian.
0: Yes. How? Wow, cool
1: um, So let's start at number 5 Is The Last of Us Part 1 On PlayStation 5 wow, uh, yeah, It nice. did debut at number 1 But yeah, has plummeted To number 5 Obviously there wasn't a lot of demand for this game I
0: guess especially not Especially
1: <laughs> at full price um, I couldn't justify $110 If I didn't get a review no. copy I don't think I would have bought it I would no, have waited for a fair. sale um, yeah. That being said, the game is absolutely beautiful.
0: Do you think it's worth one hundred and ten dollars?
1: I don't think it's worth one hundred and ten. Yeah. I think i think that's the tough I part. think I'd pay like AU sixty for it. Yep, yep, but not a full price hundred and ten. No, 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 no. Fair, no.
0: fair enough.
1: Um, Red Dead Redemption Two has some love at number four.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Grand Theft Auto Five is still hanging of around it is. at number of three. It is. And then the two new entries for the week are Splatoon Three and NBA Two K Twenty Three. Who do you think makes took sense. out the top spot?
0: Oh, I'm gonna go NBA just because it's available on more platforms.
1: You would be correct. Yeah. That uh, makes sense. <laughs> so if you want to read our review of NBA Two K Twenty Three, you can check that out at Um, And then Nintendo's Splatoon Three, or from what I've heard. Much more of the same. Uh, right. And <laughs> I
0: love Splatoon 2. Only Splatoon available. Splatoon 2 is on Switch. great. So, yeah, not much happening in Splatoon 3. No. <laughs> what have you got for us in streaming? Look, streaming is a bit of a smorgasbord this week. We've got new entries. We've got, you know, old familiars hanging in there. Obviously, in the Nielsen ratings uh, for minutes watched across all streaming platforms back in late. August, uh, Day Shift had 957 million (coughs) minutes viewed. That's Uh, The Netflix original film, people coming out for Jamie Foxx, people coming for Dave Franco. Have you watched Day Shift yet?
1: I have. I watched it when I um, was recovering and I didn't know if it was the meds, but I really enjoyed it. (laughs)
0: I see. This is what I've heard. I've heard it's just an easy watch. It's yeah. violent. It's funny. It's yeah. a, you know just a like, it's, crazy vampire. movie. It
1: reminds me of like a night. Remember like you know when Die Hard first came out, like yeah. and then it just started that whole string of like Lethal Weapon. Like there's yes yeah, that yep. style of movie, but with vampires. Jamie Fox.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like a '90s throwback it's action. So
1: good. Like I really okay. was very surprised.
0: I'll add that one to the list as well. I've been very slack on is, slack on Netflix. Actually, in fact, the only thing I'm watching on Netflix at the moment is Community. So we'll see if Community pops up in a couple of weeks uh, with the amount of sh- <laughs> that show I'm watching. <laughs> uh, so Day Shift at number one. Number two is The Sandman with 946 million minutes watched. Uh, I'm uh, only hearing good things about that. Stranger Things still in the top 10 and still in the top 10 too that we have spoken about previously on the show. Bluey hanging in there with 681 million minutes viewed and Virgin River holding that number 10 spot with 629 million minutes viewed. So the old familiar is still hanging in there with Virgin River. Sure is. Coming in on the charts for Australia in the top 10s this week, Netflix at number one is the reimagining and remake of Heartbreak High, a classic Australian TV show hitting at number one. I'm hearing really good things about this. I was, I'm was. i always cautious about Netflix original <laughs> content now. Like I kind of sit yep. back and wait to see what the consensus says. Mm. And the consensus is pretty high on this one. Have you watched any episodes of it yet?
1: I watched episode one okay, just to because... kind of see will I like it because it's yeah. definitely my vibe. I was a fan of the original. Yeah, I love high school shows. Um, and yeah, I'm so excited to sit okay. down and binge it. It's great.
0: How exciting. Well, there we go. Well, it's number one at the moment. Coming at number two was one we were shocked wasn't in the top 10 last week, but seems to have had a little resurgence. Fate, the Winks saga, oh. number two in the Australian top 10. So it looks like they're recouping a little bit of that cash that they spent on this show.
1: I I blame. So the tile of the show on Netflix changed this week. Uh, um, okay, And it's a very attractive shirtless man. So,
0: so there you smart. go. Sex sells. Sex sells uh, and coming in at number 10 in new shows is cyberpunk edge runners. So this is the Ooh. animated TV spin-off of the cyberpunk 2077 game. Uh, so coming in at number 10 on Netflix in Australia, moving over to our uh, prime video, still holding the number one spot. Lord of the Rings, the power of the rings uh, currently has, I think six episodes out uh, or the six will be coming Four. out this week Four.
1: <laughs> episode five comes out this week
0: yeah that's what i meant um i knew i was a little bit ahead there um So still holding strong and coming in at number two, the only new addition into the top 10 for Prime Video is Grand Tour, a Scandi flick. The old Top Gear boys are back with their new Grand Tour special that debuted at number two in the top 10. Still in there for Prime Video is The Boys, Reacher, and The Terminal List. Amazing. So people going hard on those uh, Prime originals. And Disney Plus, The Bear is still trending, uh, arguably one of the best shows on TV at the moment. definitely the new new season of the simpsons debuted on disney plus putting it in the trending and of course it wouldn't be disney plus without their number one show trending being a star wars show and or even not even being out for 24 hours has already hit the top spot in their trending page so lots happening in the world of streaming uh this weekend by the looks of it definitely
1: and look if you're like me and you live in victoria you have four days four day long weekend so uh, get on those shows. Um, definitely recommend The Bear as well. We we need to definitely. do an episode of The Bear because... Oh, I so many thoughts. So many absolutely thoughts. Absolutely agree. Thanks for that. Uh, Good time. I'm dreading going into the next game, Rotten Potatoes.
0: Well, you know, Rotten Potatoes has proven to be uh, arguably the most <clears> intense <throat> game. I had uh, a listener of the show reach out and say that they feel anxious listening to Rotten Potatoes and they're not even playing the game. So, uh, firstly, I'm sorry. And secondly, hey, that's just what good games do. It makes us all scared. Mm. Uh, But Rotten Potatoes is back for another week. And as was revealed in our last game, the theme this week with Avatar 3D coming out in cinemas, James Cameron movies. So, I've picked... Yeah, I know. So, I've picked... And he doesn't have that many actual just... Direct, theatrical. Yeah. yeah. Like he has lots of direct, he's done a lot of docos. He's done a couple of uh, TV documentaries, not loads and loads of movies, but Mm. I've managed to pick three of James Cameron's films for Rotten Potatoes what Alistair is going to do is guess the critic score and the audience score for each of these movies. If he's in within 3%, either way, he gets a point. If he gets dead on that percentage, he gets two points uh, in these practice rounds before Pete comes back and the real competition starts. And when <laughs> oh, I start giving out oh, oh. prizes that mm-hmm. I've been promising for how many episodes have we done now, it uh, doesn't matter. So let's get into Rotten Potatoes for this week. And the first film I'm going to jump in with is the 1989 sci-fi adventure, The Abyss. A underrated, not talked about enough film from James Cameron. Alistair, what do you think the critics' score on Rotten Tomatoes for The Abyss is?
1: Oh, I'm going to go 80...
0: No, 90%. 90% on the dot. And audience score? 85? 85 Yeah, eighty. You said 90, 90% for critics? Yeah. And 85 for audience. Whew. You get a point for critics because it's at 88%. Oh god. And you oh, get a point god. for audience as it's at oh. 83%, so you're within the 3% two points to kick off. 88% on 49 reviews, so it's certified fresh. 83% for the audience at a hundred thousand plus audience ratings. Wow. So the proofs in the pudding. Go and yeah. watch the abyss. It is claustrophobic as fuck. I love but that it movie. is an incredible movie. Incredible.
1: So good.
0: Now, controversially, oh. what I would say is James Cameron's best movie coming in for the second one today. 1991's Terminator 2 oh. Judgment Day. Oh. I would say my favourite James Cameron film Ugh. is this one here. What do you think the critics' score for Terminator 2 Judgment Day is?
1: Oh, this is... I think this is a really difficult one because Rotten Tomatoes didn't exist. And I know it didn't exist for really the impetus either. But... <laughs> the, <laughs> fuck. 90, let's go 95.
0: 95%. Mm-hmm. And audience score for Let's Terminator go
1: 95 because I have no clue.
0: No clue what the audience thinks. The audience... Critics score on Rotten Tomatoes for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. One point to Alistair. Yeah, said 95. It is 93%. Woohoo! Come on, audience. Now, audiences. Sometimes you look at an audience score and you go, what the hell was everyone thinking? That is not the case for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. (laughs) (laughs) Because Alistair, you got it dead on. 95% was your guess and 95% is the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: That's Two me points. doing a shimmy.
0: Yes. doing a shim- the, the audible shimmy. The audible the shimmy. Podcast. So that's three points for that round. You're on five points. Point, Alistair, Hoo-wee. Absolutely killing this game. Pete's going to have no fucking clue. He's probably been studying Rotten Tomatoes heaps while he's away. <laughs> that's really? all he did. That's all that's he, all he, did. he did. did. Watch movies
1: yeah, and study RT scores.
0: What a nerd But hey It might pay off for him Anyway Moving on with Rotten Potatoes (laughs) The final movie The third movie James Cameron's Arguably Biggest movie Ever made Was the biggest movie In the world Until he released Avatar Titanic 1997's Titanic Alistair What do you think The score For critics Is on Rotten Tomatoes For Titanic Uh, 90% 90% Ninety percent and audience score. Ninety five. Ninety five. With two hundred and thirty seven reviews, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, scraping in on that three percent barrier, eighty seven percent is the Ooh. critic score, and you guessed ninety, so that is a point for Alistair. Now, you remember that bit I did in the last movie about audience scores? Yes. That kind of comes into play for Titanic. You what? guessed ninety five percent. Yeah. Two hundred and fifty thousand ratings mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes for audience. Sixty nine percent. No. Rotten Tomatoes. Titanic is at sixty nine. I I'm looking at it right how, now. How did this
1: become the biggest movie ever? Of at right. Sixty nine percent. That is.
0: Right, it stinks of Gen Z. And there, you know what? I'm looking through some of the reviews now. There's a few five stars, there's a few three stars. You know, some users uh, have gone that the movie doesn't age well. Uh, It feels dated. But I'm kind of like, you know, mm, I mean, Jeffrey said this movie is highly overrated and way too long. One and a half stars. So it's it's a mix, isn't it? It's very interesting. I, I people, don't believe it. Hey, it shocked me when I looked it up. I was kind of like, okay, this is uh, not what I thought it was going to be. But I guess we can make our minds up again because I have heard that they have remastered Titanic and <laughs> it will be getting a cinema release in February next year. <sighs> See you so there. I'm, oh, I'll be there. Oh I want to be in the comfiest chair possible for three hours and 15 <laughs> minutes. So Love it. And I, it's a movie I haven't seen in years. So it definitely be one I have to go... And check out again, but overall, us there's six points in Rotten Potatoes today. Congratulations on the two pointer, thank, thank you, as well for the audience score of Terminator Two. But Jimbo Cameron has a lot of wins with the critics. The only film of him of his that's rotten was his debut feature Piranha Two. It's six percent, and I you can't will blame not the guy for that. <laughs> bad
1: word against that movie.
0: Against Piranha Two, <laughs> you're a fan. I love
1: those movies. They're great. Even the remakes are fantastic. Even the remakes. I we've joked about it
0: before. If you call your movie Piranha 3 Double D, as if you're not going to be arguably one of the best bad movies of all time. True. (laughs) But that was Rotten Potatoes for another week.
1: Thank you very much. Now, look, we're coming to the end of another podcast, another week. Very sad. Uh Uh, And this is definitely my favorite part of every week. What is essential for your pop culture, Nick? Please take it away.
0: So, as always, uh, I have something that's not necessarily (laughs) a a specific piece of pop culture, but I'm actually going to go with, you could argue, a competitor to To us in the movie industry, but it's someone whose interviews I've been watching recently, uh, and as someone who does a lot of interviews for Nova Stream and, and sort of trying to like work out as crafter, you know, you look for inspiration into people who who are good at what they do. And there's a reporter in America called Jake Hamilton who works for Fox 32 in Chicago, and he has his own YouTube channel called Jake's Takes, and he gets to interview a lot of celebrities for a lot of big movies. Um, but there's there's something different about his interviews when i'm watching them uh and there's there's like his kindness and his and his genuine reaction to talking to these people and not asking just standard press junket questions like oh what's your favorite moment from filming and did you all get along when filming he asks like really thoughtful genuine questions that have to do with the movie and so as someone who likes doing interviews to watch someone who who is that good at, at doing them uh and the reactions he gets out of celebrities as well I think it's definitely worth checking out because it sells the movie for you it it tenfold so Jake's takes on YouTube go and watch some pretty great interviews and then once you've watched all his interviews head over to novastreamnetwork.com and read me trying to be as good as Jake (laughs) with my interviews as well so I would highly recommend this weekend he's got 10 years worth of videos on youtube some great stories that he gets out of uh his celebrities some really heartfelt ones lately especially out of like he got some great stories out of kevin smith for clerks three he got to interview oprah who was a producer on a documentary uh and when oprah tells you that's some of the most profound questions she's ever heard you know you're doing something right so (laughs) wow plugging the competition but i definitely think jake hamilton's worth checking out
1: thank you very much for that nick
0: What about yours, Alistair? What's your pop culture essential for the week?
1: Um, Look, I'm going to do what I did last week and I'm going to take two because I'm going to take Pete's spot. Because we need three. Um, (laughs) So the first one, so I've recently come out of hospital. So I've been at home Hmm. watching things that I always say, I'll watch that one day. Uh, And that (laughs) one day has arrived. So over the last four weeks, I've been watching all these shows that I said I would. Uh, and finally getting around to doing it. The first one (laughs) that I've watched is something that I used to mercilessly mock people for watching. Okay. Uh, And that is the TV show Downton Abbey.
0: I've been following your Twitter escapades on this show, so I'm very excited to hear what you have to say.
1: I would just be relentless about how ridiculous this show was, even though I never watched it. (laughs) <laughs> um, it was just kind of fun to hate on it. And now I'm <laughs> I'm probably the biggest fan. <laughs> I just love everything about this show. I yep. didn't realize the incredible actors that are in this show. There are also yeah. some really terrible actors. Um, <laughs> but just, you know, I love a show with a 10 episode season. Yeah,
0: I know, right? Oh, my God.
1: And then a couple of Christmas specials, and that's your season. Like That's all you need. Fantastic. And the episodes are like an hour and 20 minutes long. So they're a little, they're like movie length episodes. So much is packed into this. It's a interesting look at history. I think for me, they talk how my grandfather and his family used to talk. Um, So, there was a little bit of that nostalgia creeping in there for me. Yeah. Um, But it's just pretty much like Gossip Girl in, you know, pretty much, you know, old Britain. Yeah. (laughs) Which, you know, works.
0: Gossip Girl in a British manner.
1: Works for me very, very well. And, yeah, I binged the whole thing in a week.
0: Um, There's, like. Five, six seasons of that Six show, seasons and two Holy movies. Holy shit. <laughs> and oh, I finished incredible.
1: the second movie yesterday. Uh, and hoping for more because it's the kind of thing where it could keep going because it's not afraid to change and skip forward in time years yeah. if it needs to. Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. And can still hold, you know, a couple of key cast, but then bring in some new ones, so... Yeah. yeah, that is Downton Abbey. Uh, you can stream the show on Prime Video. There we go. Uh, the second one that I have is also quite interesting, um, yeah. Nick, that you mention reviewers uh, because I have been a fan of this man for a long time. Okay. Um, so he does interviews and reviews for BBC Radio 1. Uh, His name is also Alistair, so no bias there. Yes, But his, you know, reviewer name is Ali Plum. Yep. Uh, And again, he asks the questions that you don't hear anywhere else. Um, He's got a really long history of movie reviews and mainly interviews on, Mm. you know, a radio show, but it's now turned into a YouTube channel. Uh, And he interviewed Taika Waititi um about thor love and thunder uh and the future of the thor series it's really really good chat nice. um and it's a good chat about the future of the film series uh and yeah so you can check that out on youtube uh, just type in bbc radio one uh and you will find uh ali plum's interviews and reviews There, are definitely worth watching um it's good to know that there's another amazing alistair in the world
0: <laughs> there's room enough for two
1: there is <laughs> that's it we are at the end of another Peteless show thanks oh. so much for coming along Nick
0: hey thanks for having me I'm, I'm glad I could fill the Pete sized hole in this podcast <laughs> where's Pete to make the wow. joke god damn it <laughs>
1: I'm not gonna say it but uh yeah Gone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why don't you want to say it? I'm. <laughs> g- <laughs> I'm just going
1: to send this to Pete and I'm going to let him comment. That's fair. That's no fair. one does it like Pete.
0: No one No one does it like Pete. <laughs> <laughs> there oh, is God.
1: definitely a hole that Pete would like to fill. Uh, and he will do that next week when he returns to Pop Culture Essentials. If you want to follow Nick on Twitter, you can do it at Nick's Flicks Fix, as well as Instagram, uh, where yes. you can watch his 60 second movie reviews. Uh, if you <laughs> want to follow Pete, you can do that at Rated PDG. Fuck, I hope that's right. That's correct. Um, and you can also check out his amazing coverage of Tiff at theaureview.com, how Gosh. he's done that all, plus watch movies. <sighs> Plus, gone to theme parks, plus, had the I time know. of his life is amazing. Let's
0: just say also, plus, he went and voluntarily saw Barbarian, which wasn't even playing at Tiff. He was like, oh, I'm just going to see it while I'm here. So he was just watching movies for fun Yeah, as well. The man is built different.
1: <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> um, so make sure you check all of that out on the AU review. If you want to follow me, you can do that. Uh, I'm Alistair on Twitter and Instagram. And you can read my stuff at com.